0: Interested in hearing about taking a gap year, managing your wellness, and learning how to attend med school virtually? On this episode of Talking You and Med Student Life, hear what first-year med student Lily has to say about what brought her to the U and how she is navigating med school practically virtually. Welcome to another edition of Talking You and Med Student Life. Uh, I have a fantastic guest today, first year medical student Lily. Hello, Lily. How are you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I am. I am hanging in there. We're <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. Um, what an amazing, unfortunate, unprecedented, challenging time we're living in. How is how is your family? How are your loved ones doing?
1: Yeah, definitely. We'll- first thank you so much for having me on your podcast I am so honored um but yeah it's definitely not the way I expected to see medical school start especially online um I was super excited for all the hands-on experiences you would have so this has been quite an adjustment um but everything's been good so far um my family is actually in New York right now so I'm just transitioning on my own here um but they're all doing good they're just you know quarantining and, and trying to be safe
0: So I want to start, before we talk about, you know, because I'm just fascinated, what does medical education look like in the era of COVID? I want to start back at the beginning, Lily. So when did you first know you were going to be a doctor? When did that first idea come to you?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, at first, I actually wanted to go into pharmacy because, um, like, when I was little, My grandpa was a pharmacist, and he was like the wise owl of our family. He didn't speak very often, but when he did, everyone listened. And I come from a really, really large family. Um, I have like over 70 cousins, and over a dozen um, aunts and uncles, so that's kind of a big room to be able to quiet when you talk. Um, And my mom actually, so my family is from Afghanistan, um, and my mom was a pharmacist in Afghanistan as well, so that was just always a career I really wanted to go into, and as I started progressing through high school, I was doing more shadowings in in hospitals, and I started to notice how passionate I was about working with actual patients and being able to have conversations with them and check in on them and have more longitudinal relationships you get to build um, rapport and trust with them and um, in my experiences I wasn't really getting enough um, exposure to patients. Um, I was definitely learning a lot about the medicine side of things but I realized that I wanted to focus a lot more on patients and that's when I started to look more into MD um, perspectives which was very daunting because I am a first-generation college student and I am the first female in my family to be attending medical school so to fathom even um, graduating from a university and to now be in higher education when filling out forms for school like my parents in America are kind of registered as like having a GED or high school diploma it's just been really mind-blowing to see that transition through just like our generations um but yeah so as I started college that's when I started kind of um focusing a bit more on medicine um and being involved in in health science programs that really navigated the the ethics side of things so that I could kind of understand the the humanistic portions of medicine a lot more and that just kind of fueled me more and more and I continued to to pursue medicine and here we are.
0: Was it hard coming from a, a family of pharmacists to pivot to medicine or are they pretty supportive?
1: Um, no, they're super supportive. They, so it's kind of interesting because, um, my mom always wanted me to kind of study something and, and not have a super stressful job. She just wanted me to be able to like settle down and have a family and, and be comfortable. Um, and so just knowing that I wanted to pursue medicine and be in school for so long and be stressed out all the time and studying all the time, she was really nervous for me and, and kind of wanted me to maybe focus on something else. But my dad was really persistent about me wanting to, to pursue whatever I wanted to he, you know, that's kind of the American dream, right, is being able to start from anywhere and and get to where you are. And, you know, my parents have struggled a lot being refugees here in America. And so I think for them, like, it's really like a, a prideful thing to see that they're their children have been able to accomplish so much. So I definitely think it was kind of hesitant at first, because we also just don't understand like the process of like Western institutions and going into medicine. But as, as I've kind of pursued it, they've become more and more um, mm-hmm. encouraging and supportive.
0: <laughs> and how was how that with your parents being refugees growing up? I mean, did, would they talk about it? Or how, how, how is that part of you? How has that helped you in your journey to become a doctor?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, my parents are very proud of their identity. And so am I. Um, we're all from Afghanistan. And my parents moved here um, a little over 30 years ago. Um, and it's really interesting to kind of hear about their experiences and realize how privileged I am um, from all the hardships that my parents have endured for me to be able to be where I am today. Um, my dad always tells a story that kind of like sticks in my head of when he first like moved to America. He learned English in like three months out of like the stress of needing able to like maintain a job, like he can't lose his job. So he needs to understand language. So he like learned a whole new language in such a short period of time in order to maintain a job. Um, and he, he tells stories about how when he first moved to Utah, he was in like a tiny one bedroom apartment and, um, he used like a, a hot plate Mm -hmm. as, um, like a heater for his apartment, but also to like cook on. And that's just mind blowing to me. Um, and that's not even like, you know, one of the large hardships that he's faced. Um, but yeah, so, so I was definitely raised to be very proudful of who I am, where I come from. Um, and so I've, I've definitely watched my parents like work insane hours and incredibly um, hard to make sure that we feel like we have everything that we need in order to go through college. But of course, that was um, a bit far-fetched when it came to medicine, just because my parents ever actually went through like Western education. And so when it came to like FAFSA or applications to college or, you know, the MCAT or the um, – ACT, like all of those things were definitely like very foreign to my family. And I just had to like learn to navigate that kind of on my own with them being like, good luck, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, how did your family end up in Utah? Like the Afghanistan-Utah connection, like what, what, what brought him here? And, and yeah, I'm just curious to learn more about that
1: yeah um so my um grandma was actually uh sponsored by by her oldest son um to be in utah and my dad was actually living in oakland california mm-hmm. um working for the airlines and so when my grandma was initially here um, a lot of my dad's family was here and so um when my parents got married they were like alone in Oakland, California, my mom did not speak the language. She didn't have a driver's license. Like, no family, nothing. Um, I'm sure it was terrifying. And then my dad was working for the airlines, so she she would be home alone basically for the majority of the weeks and stuff. And so my grandma was really trying to um, push for them to move here to be closer to family, so that my mom would have more of a support system. And so um, they decided to pack up from California and, and move here. And and we've just stayed here ever since. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's wonderful, Lily. And then you mentioned being a first generation college student and navigating. Know the Western education system. I mean, how did you do that? I mean, like, like, did you have mentors or, or, or what kind of resources did you have? I mean, like, how, what did that look like when you started looking at colleges?
1: Yeah, um, so it was actually interesting. I, I went to school here, and then I also ended up pursuing my undergraduate at the University of Utah. So, so I've been a Through and through Utah, Um, but it was hard in high school. I didn't understand anything about scholarships or FAFSA or how to apply for things. And um, I really wanted to pursue like being able to um, attend college, but I was very nervous about like the financial burden and and the ability to pay for all of those things and and pursue a degree. And so It was a lot of learning from my peers, I think, in undergrad, Um, as I was kind of looking at out of state colleges, I didn't have the best experiences um, at my high school with um, having support to pursue those opportunities. Um, I definitely had like advisors telling me, you know, Um, It's really expensive to go out of state or some of the schools you're looking at are really expensive. And even if you were to get in, you might not be able to afford to stay and, and so it was kind of discouraging um, going through that route. And so I ended up you know asking some of my friends who were also applying to college and whose and parents knew a bit better how to navigate the system like what they were doing and that's how I started learning about like different application systems and um, my cousin who was in college was able to help like edit some of my um, personal statements and stuff but it was very like trial by error and just kind of doing it but not knowing what I was doing um, but I was fortunate enough to get into the University of Utah and from there I was um able to find a lot of mentors, especially um, BIPOC uh, mentors, who understood my struggles and and understood how difficult it was to navigate the system um, kind of blindly, because you you really don't know. And there's no one that was kind of ahead of you to explain it to you. My brother went to the University of Utah, but he himself also struggled. And so um, it was really nice to be able to find mentors. Um, I was involved with student government and also doing research. and a part of a health sciences program at the U, and and all of those um, leaders were able to kind of steer me and explain to me like things to to focus on or, or to put my time and energy into, and 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 they were great resources and, for me.
0: And Lily, what what was what did you do for student government?
1: Um, so I actually did a couple of things. Um, so I was involved in student government for four years and I sat on assembly um, representing my college for one year during like bills. And then I also was the director of diversity for two years um, doing programs and conferences, educational seminars and trainings. And then um, I also um, was the chief of staff my senior year. So just kind of doing more of the administrative duties.
0: That's so cool. It sounds like it grew <laughs> year after year too. Did you ever The entire time, were you still medicine all the way? Or did you like think about, you know, political science and law school or anything like that?
1: Yeah, what was really interesting is in my undergrad, I probably didn't even seem like a pre-med student um, because I surrounded myself with people outside of medicine. And so I was involved in student government where, you know, those were kind of the predominant majors like you were explaining. And then I also was an anthropology major. And so a lot of people in in that field were also not pre-med and they were interested in research or they were interested in. Um, going into like PhD programs. And I honestly really enjoyed that because I I didn't feel like I was always talking about medicine in my classes or there wasn't this constant kind of competitive atmosphere um, with being pre-med and wanting wanting to achieve great things. Um, But it never really steered me in a different direction. If anything, I think I had a different perspective in those spaces where I was able to kind of relate what I was learning in student affairs to, to how that applies to like healthcare and patient care. And then also bringing in my very different experiences because I wasn't like a political science major in that, in that environment.
0: And, and, and like, it sounds like, you know, heavy academic load, you're involved in uh, student government and yet, and yet you still have time to volunteer. What kind of <laughs> uh, community service activities were you doing during this time?
1: yeah um I honestly looking back I'm like amazed that I was able to do so many things but I think that that's the time in your life where it's really important to like push yourself to do all these things um For me, honestly, as I was pursuing like extracurriculars to do, I obviously was referencing um, what schools wanted you to kind of hit in regards to subjects and categories. But I didn't want to pursue um, any type of extracurricular activity that was just checking a box because I didn't think I would enjoy it. I was putting in so much time every week to be involved. And so I wanted to make sure that whatever I was doing was going to be something that I was genuinely passionate about and something that I would be doing outside of a pre-med check. Um, And so that being said, I kind of tie back into like my identity and what I was passionate about. And so I tutored um, refugee women at the Women of the World Center. Um, And that was an amazing experience. I did that for about two years. Um, I was able to help them just navigate like basic English skills to be able to, you know, describe symptoms when they go talk to a doctor or how to find groceries in a grocery store or Navigating public transportation and and really just the the essentials in order to survive like in in Salt Lake or wherever they're living so that they're able to like do their daily activities um and that was really nice because you you build friendships with them and 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 they end up feeling like they are you know a parental figure to you and a lot of them would call me like their daughter and stuff and so when I left it was really sad but um I think that doing those kinds of um, volunteerships were really really enjoyable um, but outside of that I also um, was in a student organization called um, United in Service for Humanity, where we fundraised for for, um, the children of conflict in Syria. And we would do like ice skating events downtown to raise money for these foundations. And we would also um, participate in like a, um, Like a day of dignity downtown, where we would have like health screenings, and we collaborate with a school of dentistry for dental screenings, and then have hygiene kits, um, just for people experiencing homelessness, since that is a pretty large population um, in the downtown area.
0: So, Lily, everything I'm hearing, and you know, again, you're on the podcast, so people kind of know you got into med school, obviously. But (laughs) it sounds like you know you're you're like you have all these activities, all these experiences, you have these wonderful defining moments that are making you, you. Leading up to the decision to apply to med school though, I do know that you took a gap year. So can you just talk about that? Like what, like what kind of went into your decision for that? Because it sounds like you could have applied right after you graduated or like during your last year, but you decided to wait. So can you just talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting. I think people have either really strong feelings about a gap year or really strong feelings like against a gap year. Um, I actually decided to take a gap year because I was shadowing a lot of physicians um, during my last two years of college. And I'd always ask them these questions. And a lot of them were telling me, um, take a gap year. Take a gap year because you're gonna be studying, you're gonna be in school, you're gonna be doing this full time for the next like eight years of your life. And during your gap year is when you're able to really focus on, on things that you're passionate about and also um, you know kind of grasp that this is really what you wanna go into. And so I didn't want to just take a gap year and, and just kind of sit on the couch and do nothing and relax even though that's well deserved for, for any students who are graduating, especially during COVID times. Um, so that's totally valid reason. Also, if you wanted to spend time with your family, um, But for me, I just wanted to make sure that medicine was something that I I genuinely wanted to go into and that I was passionate about. And I also wanted to make sure that I was giving my body body and mind um, a break to be able to be recharged. For medical school. Um, So during my gap year, I ended up working in um, mental health at the um, University Neuropsychiatric Institute. And that was an amazing experience that I honestly think contributed a lot to um, my ability to answer questions during interviews and experiences that I was able to pull from. I honestly think that um, that was one of the largest things that I was able to utilize during interviews. um, And I just learned a lot during that experience. But I also was able to just learn like adulting skills of being able to like um you know cook and and pay bills and and take care of you know life outside of college which was which is really nice because now that I'm in medical school you don't really have time to figure that out you kind of have to just do it all at once
0: (laughs) and Lily I love how you worked at uni for a year during your gap year like what 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 kind of like responsibilities jobs did you have at uni
1: Yeah. um, So I worked in uni as a psychiatric technician. And so uh, my basic role was to make sure that patients are safe. Um, I actually worked a night shift. So I was just making sure that they were safe throughout the night, uh, making sure that they have whatever that they need. The specific unit that I work on actually works a lot with um, individuals experiencing homelessness, undocumented domestic violence, a lot of um, very vulnerable populations in Utah that I really hadn't had as much experience with as I would have wanted going into medical school. So I'm really grateful for that experience. But um, since it is like a a unit where it's a free service, um, we really get anyone from any walk of life, um, whether it's college students or, you know, um, older or parents or whoever it may be. And so um, my main priority was just to make sure that they were healthy and safe, that, that they felt comfortable, that they had whatever they needed. Um, my unit also had a social worker and a, and a medical provider as well. And so I was able to really learn those inter-professional um, relationship, relationship skills as well during my
0: time. Did I, I, I'm sorry, Lily, like did I ever interact with you? Did you ever see me on call? Was I ever floating around? Like I I I I feel bad because mm-hmm. like when oh yeah like I, I could I can't remember seeing you there so
1: no I I don't think that we actually ever overlapped um my unit is kind of like isolated from from impatient because we're I'm more of like a transitions unit oh
0: I see okay all right because every like when I see like oh Judy, I'm there yeah sometimes a lot of time <laughs> yeah so um cool yeah. all right so um. You're wrapping up your gap year. You're you have your eyes towards medical school. What was your strategy applying to medical school? Did you cast a broad net? Did you put all your chips on Utah? How did you kind of approach this decision?
1: Yeah. um, So I actually spent my gap year also studying for my MCAT. I wanted to really focus on that because standardized testing is very stressful. And so kind of the start of that after I graduated was doing that and taking my exam. And then from there. I made a list of the schools that I wanted to prioritize. Um, definitely, the uh, University of Utah was at the top of that list um, because I have family and friends. And, and, and growing up at this institution, I just was able to kind of understand the values of, of the school. And so um, I really didn't cast a very large net, I would say. Um, I think it's important to be very intentional um, about the schools that I was applying to, since it is a very expensive process, and, and I didn't know how I was going to pay for all of those applications, and so I actually didn't apply to um, as vast as people may recommend sometimes, but I applied to 15 schools, um, and the ones that I focused on were ones that had um, a focus on inclusion, diversity, and social justice um, efforts at their universities. And also I looked at institutions that would be closer to any extended family that I may have on the East Coast. Um, I think it's really important to have a social support system while you're in medical school. So that was something that I prioritized. Um, And then I also kind of focused on what types of specialties that they had and and what was kind of the the things that I was passionate about going into. Um, But then from there, even if, I received interviews, I really prioritized, like, do I see myself, you know, being happy and, and being, like, well there in that environment, and there were some schools that I decided to not pursue interviews with, because I didn't feel like they would be um, as prosperous to me as as other schools that I was willing to interview at, so I think it's important to be, kind of, selective, but also, like, not so selective that you minimize your ability to get in.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally get it. Yeah, Ed, yeah. It's fascinating again. Cause like I've done this for a few years now and just to hear um, your experience, like wending your way through the process, being very thoughtful and mindful of your values and the direction you want to head in your career and just the research you have to do into this stuff. Because I always tell people, you know, all med schools look the same, but um, and we have like accreditation standards Mm -hmm. Um, we all have to meet but there yeah there's different priorities different cultures different programs that are kind of nestled and embedded within all the different med schools you look at and to find one that resonates with you and mirrors your core values I think is extremely important so
1: no, definitely. I was surprised also with how much um, research you ended up having to do. I had an entire spreadsheet, <laughs> like color coded of all of the pluses and minuses for institutions. And then from there, you kind of have to even go outside of the school and, and wonder, you know, like, what is the community like? And what is the city like? And, and will I feel safe there? And, and other things that you have to process as well.
0: Um, and then Lily, so when did you get in? What, when did I call you?
1: Um, it was the like second to last week of November.
0: Okay. So pretty early in the process, did you ever waver? Did you ever think about going somewhere else or did you feel pretty committed?
1: Um, I felt very committed to the University of Utah. I did have some pending interviews um, before and afterwards, but I, once I got the call, like it just kind of clicked and it, it felt right. And, I was really excited to go to the U, I I feel like I was almost thinking of these other institutions as more of like, you no, know, if I don't get in, then this is where I, I could be happy at. But I was also wondering, you know, if I didn't get in, which I, I thought could have been definitely something that could have happened of, of, you know, maybe being waitlisted and, and applying again next year, then that was kind of where my mindset was at. Like, would I want to pursue a different school or would I want to wait on a waitlist and, and, and reapply next year? So I think just <laughs> as I was processing all that, I realized like what school I definitely wanted to go to.
0: And I think when I talked to you on the phone, if I recall correctly, you were pretty shocked and just overwhelmed with joy. I remember yeah. it was a really <laughs>
1: good conversation. So, Yes, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I guess to kind of pivot to what's going on now, I, I'm curious from your standpoint, you're coming to the U, you're an incoming medical student, and then COVID starts happening and it gets worse and worse and worse. So, I mean, what what is, you know, before med school started, like what what did that feel like knowing that you're going to be a doctor but you're not yet at med school but we're just being consumed by this public health crisis what was it like as an incoming student from the outside looking in
1: yeah um, I felt like it was a lot of hurry up and wait is a phrase that I've heard a lot and I definitely think that's how I felt like you're you're stuck in inside you quarantining um because of the time where I would want to be able to be more involved and more engaged and and see like what things the school of medicine is doing for outreach and 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 participating in those things especially before like our course load gets busy and stuff but I just felt very like out of the loop um it was difficult because a lot of my classmates and I wanted to get to know each other but because of COVID you know no one really wanted to go to, to like meet in person and, and no one knew anyone yet. And so it was a lot of navigating kind of the unknown and a lot of um, just impatiently wanting to be involved, especially since I was still working at the time. Um, up at uni, you know, we had uh, medical providers who were talking about potentially going to New York and, and helping at their hospitals there. And, and for me, that's something that um, I, I resonate with so much, especially um, having family that, that's in New York and stuff, being able to kind of, you know, be at a crisis and help out as needed, Um, but kind of being stuck and knowing that I didn't really have the skills to (laughs) to help in that sort of way yet um, was kind of frustrating, but also um, I was really, really um, excited to see how this would shift our curriculum and and what we would be prioritizing in the upcoming years, and I've been really um, impressed with how much that's been integrated into our learning so far.
0: Yeah, so Lily, yeah, and then after school, I mean, what does medical school look like for you? I mean, what, like with the pandemic and everything going on, I mean, what does your typical day or week look like? I mean, what, how is that going?
1: Honestly, um, just learning off of, off of Zoom University, as we call it, I am even more impressed for everyone who was going to medical school in person. Um, I really don't know how they had time to do everything they did because I already feel so incredibly busy and yet I am not even like leaving my home to commute anywhere. So um, just impressed by all the students that came before me but basically I I wake up pretty early in the morning um, probably around 6 a.m and I just take the dogs on a walk and, and start getting ready for the day and then um, I'll just be like reviewing material and studying until classes start and you know you attend classes and you're sweats or (laughs) whatever you're comfortable with Um, but we will sit in class for a few hours and then once classes are over it's typically you know reviewing of that day or or reviewing for the next day Um, and I feel I feel pretty consistently like it can get a little run down if you if you just stay at your desk all day and, and you stare out the window and see other people outside but but you're kind of inside just staring at a screen so I've been trying to learn how to navigate um, Zoom fatigue and, and, and potentially, you know, sitting outside or, or taking breaks and going into other rooms and just getting more sunlight in the day. But it hasn't honestly been um, as hard as I was imagining it going into it because I've never really been an online learner before. A lot of my classes were always in person. But at the same time, I'm really grateful that we're able to have um, one day of classes um, in person so that I'm able to see my peers and my colleagues and also um, you know, be engaged with, um, anatomy in person. I think that's something that I was really, really excited about.
0: So, so it sounds like as I, as I know the schedule, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, are all zoom, correct. And then yes. Wednesday is in person. So what, what's, what's different about Wednesday? Is that, is that like your highlight of the week or, and what kind of, ac- what kind of learning activities are you doing on Wednesday where you come to campus?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Wednesday is definitely the highlight of the week you know you're you're going through quizzes on Monday or you're going through really dense material on Tuesday and you are feeling like this is a really long tough week and then you get to Wednesday and you get to go on campus and feel like a medical student wearing your scrubs and with your badge and going through the hospital and going through the labs it's it kind of rejuvenates you for the rest of the week at least for me Um, but yeah I get to school and we have anatomy labs in the morning, and we have our cohort there. Um, we're masked up and wearing our goggles, but we're able to, you know, look at cadavers and talk about things and relate them all in person from what we've been talking about um, online. So that's really, really nice. I've always um, really enjoyed anatomy lab, so I'm grateful that we were able to do that. And then from there, we go through histology. It's kind of a hybrid version where we're not necessarily at the microscopes looking at slides, but we're able to sit with our same cohort and go through slides and then talk about the um, activity in that manner. And then from there, we go to clinical methods. So really, Wednesdays are like a full day of classes from eight to five, but they breeze by, they go so fast. Um, And with clinical methods curriculum, we get to learn the process of actually being a doctor in regards to taking um, patient histories or uh, vital signs or doing different types of examinations and then correlating that to like different diseases that you may see. So it's really the process of learning like all of the uh, things that you actually see in clinic versus what you read about in your books and it's been really enjoyable and I'm really grateful for all of the instructors that bring their experiences into the classroom to help us navigate that.
0: And are you do you feel can you, you kind of talked about earlier like with COVID, with Zoom, it's it was initially difficult to kind of get to know your classmates and build culture and get to know them. Is is it is it still kind of a struggle, or is it is it good to have that one day a week in person? Um, like, how is that going? Just that connection with your
1: classmates. Yeah, um, I think it's hard because a lot of us have immunocompromised mean, people at home or maybe ourselves. And so it's definitely been difficult to to pursue a lot of friendships outside of classes and, and whatnot. Also, just with COVID and quarantine in general, you want to make sure that you're following all of the state guidelines. Um, but it really has been nice to be able to see people in person um, connecting faces to to faces, I guess. (laughs) But um, it's been nice to to get to know the people, at least in my immediate um, groups and and build friendships from there. Um, One of the girls in my group, her name is Arielle, and we actually take our dogs to the dog parks on Fridays now since we met through these in-person labs. And it's just been nice to kind of get outside um, in a safe way. But outside of that, I think that I definitely would love to get to know my classmates more. um, hopefully as, as the curriculum goes forward and and as things change with COVID, that, that may happen at some point. But I think that our cohort does a good job of communicating online and then also like studying together. So I feel like I'm getting to know some people. It would be nice to get to know more people as time goes on though.
0: And going back, as we talked about earlier, Lily, like your core values, what you're interested in with healthcare disparities in Utah, with, with cultural humility, like how, how, have you been able to do activities during the first few months of med school? And I, I guess just how how does that look like now for you? Have you been able to do those type of activities to kind of go back to your core passions and, and values?
1: Yeah, um, we do have a Friday class called Layers of Medicine that I really enjoyed going to. Uh, my group there is is the same group that I see on Wednesdays. And we're able to have conversations relating specifically to kind of the, the major issues that we see in society and those disparities that are observed in healthcare. And it's been really nice to have those conversations as well as having um, different ethics professors come speak to us throughout the weeks and really pinpoint some of these issues and have us uh, dialogue on them. So I do feel like I am curriculum wise getting exposure to those things. And I'm excited to see how that progresses as we move forward. Um, Outside of that, because of COVID, it's been kind of difficult to get involved with student groups and and interest groups that are focused on those things um, since they're not really meeting in person because of the large group sizes. But I have been able to to meet some people who have been involved in those groups and find out more about what they're doing. I also currently sit on um, an anti-racism working group with the School of Medicine um, administrative staff. And that's been really nice to meet with them every week and get to know my peers in other years and really discuss like what the future of um, our culture here at the U looks like and, and, and how we want to be a more inclusive and equitable place. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and Lily, I, I appreciate your insight as you've, you know, if you've, as you've gone on this journey towards becoming a doctor during, during these incredibly challenging and unprecedented times. And you alluded to it with, with like going to the park, but like what, sh- what do you do for wellness? What do you do for resiliency? What do you do to take a step back? And make sure that your batteries are charged. What, what would you share with others out there listening?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because no one is going to tell you it's time for a break or it's time to go take a nap or it's time to go eat something like there's no one kind of hovering that's going to like know your schedule the way you do, and, and have those mindfulness checks on you and I really have struggled with that because that's something that I've had to learn to navigate as opposed to you know classes done and I finished studying and now like my night has begun it's really been a lot of learning okay now I need to to cut it off because you could always study and you could could go on for hours and hours. And so that's something that I'm still learning how to navigate. But I definitely um, think having a schedule has been very helpful. I will schedule in Um, my breaks for the week and and when I want to be done after class on Friday you know Friday night that is the night that I'm free that I'm able to spend time with the dogs and and spend time seeing seeing my friends or or even just you know talking to to my parents on FaceTime or just making time for things that kind of help you um, take a break from from the workload. Um, I also think it's nice to just have small rewards to look forward to like maybe you want to go on a hike or maybe you want to go like on a drive or you know, get ice cream on Saturday. Or so that like just small things to kind of look forward to um, throughout the week really help to energize you to get through your material so you can enjoy those breaks. Um, but on a daily um, schedule, I think it's just good to, to schedule in those like lunch breaks and breakfast breaks and, you know, I'm going to go on a walk outside or I, I could keep going, but you know, it's 9 p.m. and, and that's my cutoff. And, and just having those kind of reminders um, are really helpful. I definitely thought like, oh, I don't have enough time for baths, but you definitely can schedule time for baths <laughs> if you really, if you really want to. And so I think it's just kind of really managing that and having people around you that that support you, but also know when to say like it's time for a break.
0: <laughs> Lily, it sounds like you're doing really well given the circumstances of everything going on, being a first year med student in the era of COVID. <laughs> um, I guess last question before we wrap up, like wh- any advice, um, any. For anyone that's listening out there who is thinking about going to medical school or is considering it or maybe just questioning you know, their decision and trying to figure out where, what their path is, what would you say to them? What would be your advice?
1: Definitely, yeah. I would say uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to pursue great heights. I think that medical school sounds incredibly daunting and difficult, but it's not impossible and I, I'm here and there's so many other students that are here and you can definitely get there as well. Um, reach out to mentors, your peers, people who are in medical school, gather advice from them. One of the biggest things that I've learned is people are always willing to help you um, in medical school. No one wants you to fail, no one wants you to do poorly. And I think that that's something that's really, really important. Um, and just just be involved as much as you can, even with COVID, if, if you're able to do something online to 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 be a part of the healthcare system or, or to be doing something that kind of gives you more exposure to that. I think it's important to have that exposure to see if that's something that you're passionate about, but also recognize that there's so many different fields that you can go into and you don't need to have it all figured out by the time you step in the door. Um, and it's okay to, to to feel that way.
0: Well, Lily, really, I'm really... Um, I'm just happy you're here. I'm I'm happy that um, you're going to be taking care of my family and loved ones one day. And I'm excited to see, I'll have to have you come back on the pod, but like, I'm really curious to see if you become a psychiatrist. We'll have to talk a little (laughs) bit more about that when you get a little bit closer uh, to making that decision, (laughs) but I appreciate your time and I just appreciate you. So thank you for being on the pod.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you so much for thinking of me. This was a wonderful experience.